Oh, my friends, we have just heard highlights of the story of God and God's people through thousands of years. Thank you to our incredible kids for your artwork that blesses us and for our readers who proclaimed it for us. You are all a gift. And we have been through this Holy Week, which began with Jesus welcomed into Jerusalem like a hero. Expectations are soaring. He will fix everything, right? But by the end of the week, his best friends betray him. He's convicted as a criminal and sentenced to death. He is tortured and executed by the state. But now, we have just walked with Mary and Mary early in the morning across dew-covered ground, that same ground that is then shaken beneath them and beneath us. And the grief the Marys carry to the tomb has also been shaken by the words of an angel who says, He is not here. Jesus was raised just as he said. So they take off only to run into Jesus himself. Oh, and we gather on this day of resurrection as Christians have for 2,000 years to say again, Christ is risen! <laughs> oh, to high-five one another because we know this means that God's new creation is underway, but we gather holding this tension of knowing that new creation is here, sort of. Theologians call it poetically that we live in the now and not yet. Now and not yet, that both, that Christ is risen from the dead and is at work and will someday bring this world to its beautiful conclusion and wipe away every tear from every eye. There is hope for someday. And though the wiping of the tears has begun now, someday is not quite here, not yet. So here we are now living in resurrection in, in both the now and the not yet. Which is why we gather to hear this story that we already know. Jesus' resurrection is not new news, but it is still good news. And we come today aching for how this speaks to us in this current moment. And that is the power of this story that has endured for 2,000 years. Because it isn't just a moment that happened 2,000 years ago, but this is a movement that changes everything. Even us and this current, complex, heartbreaking global moment we're all struggling through together. I just got to say that I'm, I'm here for all of it, right? Like, especially for how Jesus reveals this pattern for our lives and, and for all things, that we continue to live through pains, deaths, uh, that will always lead us into resurrection on the other side. New life, new creation, new possibilities, deaths and resurrections, like again and again, and pain becomes the place of great love and transformation, and oh, I just like, I love that this, this is what I love. This is like the centerpiece of the story of Jesus that we retell and celebrate today. And I am here for it this year because come on, so much pain this year. So many deaths of so many kinds, so much pain right now. So I'm here for it, like full stop. I'm here for it. But my friends, to be completely honest with you, I've struggled to hear what the good news means for us this time. 
this Easter, this moment. And it's been hard for me to hear it, like for us, because I've had a hard time hearing it for me. I feel like I have to like confess that. It's been hard because I am in my own two and a half years of struggle, of living through a concussion that became post-concussion syndrome and just all the things of that, that it continues to be. And then a year of global pandemic and political chaos and racial reckoning, which we have all been experiencing in all of its complex trauma and loss, disorientation and grief. I have really struggled this year. We all have. So I have to confess how even as we stand, you know, we're with Mary and Mary on the soil of resurrection. I am feeling all kinds of things still that don't feel like new creation. So writing like a good old Easter sermon was unlike any other year for me. But then it began to take shape on a night about two weeks ago as I was in my basement and I was doing my daily brain exercises that I do and I experienced the presence of God. And I want to share this good news that God shared with me that night, knowing that God will do what God does so that you will hear it as good news for you too. Okay? Okay. So, God was with me in my basement the other night <laughs> as I found myself, as I found my mind just kind of drifting about into Jesus' resurrection, thinking about that like you do. And side note, like, God is always with me. But what I mean when I say that I experience this presence of God, in case that sounds curious to you, I could just feel God in my tears, which is often a sign of the presence of God. And as this clicking in of insight and connection, like this download of stuff from God, as I was just writing and hearing, uh, hearing all the stuff that I was feeling too. So God was, was talking and drew me to this phrase in Matthew's version of Jesus' resurrection, which we've just heard, and where it's where Matthew chooses to include this detail about what the Marys were feeling. Isn't that interesting why he includes this detail? Did you notice that too? It's in verse 8. It says that they were afraid yet filled with joy. Afraid yet filled with joy. Five words. These five words have stuck with me because, you know, these are women who just heard from an angel that their dear friend and rabbi, Jesus, he's alive. You don't get like any closer to resurrection than these two ladies in this moment. And yet they don't just, just feel joy. And I find that so surprising Though I also get it, you know, like as there's just been an earthquake, there's just been an angel, but it's resurrection. Like if, if we're on the other side of death, shouldn't it just all be joy? I hear such tender permission in this because I've had a lot of non-joy feelings to feel now and in these past years. Afraid? Absolutely. And grief? anger, frustration, envy, despair. And we have spent Lent as a community feeling our suffering, right? Like naming how our suffering needs to be witnessed by others and how we need to witness to the suffering of others, how in that witness there is 
the chance to hear, oh, I see you and your pain is real and not imagined. Oh, and I see that God is here too. God's grace with you is real and not imagined. And we need that as part of how we metabolize and move through our pain. That's what can happen in our wilderness times, like Lent, in the deaths that we face. It can be witnessed. It needs to be witnessed. So then here, these women in resurrection who are looking into Jesus' empty tomb, they feel fear and joy, both and. Like, it's all included There's nothing wrong with the emotional complexity in their bodies at that moment. And there's nothing wrong with the emotional complexity we carry at this time in our bodies. Even, yes, on Easter morning, which is such a gracious, needed word for our bodies and our spirits right now. Can I get an amen? So I wonder what emotional complexity you carry in your body this Easter morning. Let's check. I invite you to place one hand on your heart or kind of right above it and one on your lower belly. And just close your eyes if you're able to do that. Kids, if you're watching, you can do this too. Put a hand on your heart and your belly. Just close your eyes. Let your breath do whatever it needs to do as you settle into your body a bit. Christ is risen, and yet we hear God saying, you are allowed to have conflicting, multifaceted emotions. You can be joyful and glad to be alive, like it's been sunny. You can also be scared to death. You can be incredibly angry. You could have had the chance to hug your mom or your grandbaby or your grandchild for the first time in a year and feel incredible. And you can feel rage as well over how long it's been since you saw them and and how afraid you've been. If you're up for it, let's take a moment just to lift the lid off and let some of it out by naming what we feel wherever you are. I invite you to speak out loud. I know this may feel vulnerable, especially if there's others in the room, to let yourself be witnessed to and to witness those who are there too. But try it and see what comes up. Name the feelings that you feel. I've asked folks this week about the feelings that they're carrying and like every single person has such a mixed bag of emotions. Maybe that's you too, overwhelmed, weary, happy, depressed, hopeful, envy, excited, numb, creative content, lost, depressed. So just feel free to keep kind of speaking anything that you become aware of as something that you have been or are feeling. You can type it in the comments later too. But feel free to stay in this position for a while and keep aware of your own emotional layers. So for me, this was just such balm for my soul to hear this from God in my basement (laughs) that a complexity of things is welcome, even in resurrection. But God didn't just leave it there for me in my basement. It was really clear that God was saying, yes, for the Marys, it's emotionally complicated, layered, but look, there's still joy. There's joy. And I said to God, you know, of course, there's joy. You know, it's Jesus' resurrection. Why wouldn't there be joy? And it felt like God was kind of like smiling and nodding and saying, "Uh uh-huh. And, and, and here's the thing that hit me. 
So again, it feels like another kind of confession of vulnerability that I'm not super excited to show you, that I cried a good bit about, but here it goes. I've come to realize that I have a hard time truly experiencing joy, which is like so weird to say, though those who know me well might be nodding. But it's, it's something that's been exacerbated by my brain injury because I have a certain degree of sensory overwhelm that happens at times. So it's like I'm not really present in my body. So I'm definitely not present to my emotional world, any of it, including the joy. But it's also my personality. I am subconsciously most of the time like either evaluating what I'm going to, that I'm, what I'm doing and that I'm doing the right thing in the moment. So therefore not like enjoying it for what it is, or I'm making plans about what is to come so that I can do the right thing in that moment. So again, not really present to joy. And not all the time, of course, I promise I can be fun too. So there's, there's that, but I'm, I'm just super hardwired to do and be what's right, which totally has its benefits. It's an awesome thing, but also there's that compared to like being real and messy and present and playful and organic in the moment. In other words, like actually enjoying what's happening and enjoying my life. So that can be hard for me. And so I hear God saying, uh-huh, yeah, yep. Joy is very much a part of what this resurrected life looks like with Jesus for you now and for folks at Sawhouse." And I'm like, uh, God, sir, uh, it feels a little hypocritical for me to get up and tell my people about joy and the good things that they should be, well, enjoying when I don't know how to do that very well. I feel ill-equipped, sir, to speak to that. To which God said, yeah, exactly. So here it is, and here's the thing. You may not be like me, like perfectionistic, type A with brain injury, but joy may still be hard for you to savor. For you, it may be illness, chronic pain of another kind. For you, it, for you, it may be that you keep the peace for everyone at the cost of your own needs. Or maybe you must be the responsible strong one, or maybe you're stuck in your thoughts all the time and not really here, or maybe too busy caring for everyone else and ignoring your own joy. Or maybe you're like the Marys, you're afraid and the joy gets lost in the worry. When it comes to joy, we just all have the ways in which we're wired that make joy really hard to sincerely experience. Add on top of that, we've had a year that has just beaten the joy out of us, where all of the most joyous things of life has just been canceled. Okay, not, not all of it, but most of it. I mean, I've definitely had like so many snuggles with my kids and that is joy, right? But so much has been changed, canceled or postponed or done online or done alone, like Easter twice. And even if we did find ways to have like a special meal or a trip or a time of joy with others, we were hesitant to share it, talk about it, post it on social because we didn't want to toot too loudly about the good things in the midst of so much other pain. So many folks with so much pain, deaths from COVID, frontline workers doing their risky, risky thing for our sake every day, 
We didn't want to share joy while we're appalled by the violence we're seeing against black and brown bodies. So COVID and the circumstances of this year in some ways have taught us to dampen our joy on top of all our neuroses that we have to do that anyway. But God was saying to me in my basement, oh, but Sarah, we're in resurrection. Christ is risen now. Even if you're feeling the not yet with your grief and loss and fear, you get to have joy too. The kind of joy that is so vibrant, not because there is no suffering, but joy because you have known suffering. (laughs) I heard that and I kind of went like this for like 10 seconds. (laughs) I was like, say what, God? Yet filled with joy. Not because there is no suffering, but because we have known suffering. And that's the thing too, this joy that we see with Mary and Mary, as well as the joy we encounter in the folks throughout the New Testament as this resurrected life of Jesus was spreading like wildfire, we see this as a joy that is born in the midst of pain. The Apostle Paul writes of being alive in Christ, like this joy and delight. But man, Paul lived through some stuff, his own deaths. I mean, think about his terrifying experience of conversion, his imprisonments. And through it all, Paul knows this joy of Christ, not because everything was easy and hashtag blessed, but this is the joy of Christ that found him every time in the suffering and helped him rise into resurrection again and again. For any of us, when we face the pain of our lives, Isn't it that descent into death that gives us the deepest appreciation for life? How this year has shown us this, right? So much about what we love and what we miss and what we value because it has been this time of descent. That's the kind of joy we're talking about, afraid yet filled with joy, resurrection joy that has known death. So friends, this particular Easter 2021, we hear God saying, Dear ones, feel the layers of the things, but include the joy. Joy is very much a part of your resurrected life in Jesus now. We get to have joy with the suffering. And I think part of my struggle uh, and my growth with this, and maybe it's yours too, is that this incredible pattern for our lives from deaths into resurrections again and again Like it actually isn't linear and clean cut, although I want it to be. It isn't suffering and then joy. It's just, it's not, because it's not supposed to be. We see it with the Marys, right? But think about the other stories that we read in the Gospels of Jesus' resurrection and the ways in which people encounter him, like on the road to Emmaus on Easter morning, when Jesus shows up and walks alongside a couple who are weighed down with grief, Even while in the company of Jesus, the day of his resurrection, there's still grief. Or when Thomas, you know, he finally gets his chance to see Jesus post-resurrection. I mean, everyone else had their chance. It's finally his turn, and when he does, he's there, and he puts his hands into Jesus' wounds. Jesus still bears his wounds. Even in new life, Jesus still has scars. Friends, fear, 
grief scars, all a part of resurrected life with Jesus. It's included. I mean, man, that is just a shift to see that. It's also a shift to see the joy. Just as Jesus on Good Friday becomes the suffering one who is now in all of our suffering, it's on Easter morning that Jesus becomes the joyous one who is in all of our joy. And this is then what we are called to witness to in the world, to witness the pain, to experience and name how God is there and witness the joy, to experience and name how God is there too in both. This is what we do as salt and light for the world. If Christ is risen, Christ is risen indeed, then Jesus is alive and in us and in this world and we get to bear that mystery of God, God's suffering for the world and God's ecstasy in the world, God's suffering and God's joy. So for us, you know, we've spent Lent in the wilderness witnessing our suffering. Please hear that the great good news is that not only do we witness to the pain and suffering in ourselves and in others, but we get to witness to our joy and the joy of others too. Like this is the full story of that story that we began in Lent. Now, what that joy looks like for you is what you get to play with and discover and pay attention to. One hint that I'll offer just to help me grow in my own experience of joy, I started at the end of the day just making a simple list of things that I enjoyed that day. It's been really revealing to see uh, what, I, what I do actually enjoy and also to look back and say, oh, you know what? I missed being present to that. Next time, I want to pay better attention. And it was on the first night that I had made that commitment and I was starting my list at night in my basement that I was visited by that presence, that download from God. That's when it happened. So explore and play and find your ways with joy. But to help with that, drum roll please. It only seemed right that the Salt House staff would pull together for you an Easter Sunday kit for you all. And it's just, it's actually filled with nudges for experiences with joy. So friends, now's the moment. Get that kit. It is time to open your Easter Sunday kit if you have them. If you don't, no worries. We're gonna, we'll post a list of those items. You also are gonna see them in just a second. And you can really gather up a lot of these things from around your house or grab them at the store and just have your own kit too. So these, uh, these are what you'll find in your kit. It's really a kit of joy, okay? These are tools for experiments in joy. So let me just quickly walk you through what you will find. So reach on in there and you will find some sparkling cider. This is the all ages alternative, the version of champagne that we wanted to place in your hands, which you can use for Holy Communion if you would like today, as Pastor Ryan suggested, or with your Easter brunch. But enjoy, celebrate, a little bit of joy there. Next, you'll also find a candle. This candle is your own Christ candle for today. The Christ candle is the special fancy candle that we light at church on special Sundays, including on Easter, to signify how the light of Christ shines in the world. So light it now if you're able to do that and let the slow burn of the now and not yet of resurrection illuminate your day and the days to come, okay? 
Next, you're going to find this in there. And as you open up, you're going to find a vase. This is intended to be a bud vase, like for you to keep a single fresh flower in or a branch in. This is a chance to keep just a fragrant sign of new life and creation near you on your kitchen table or on your windowsill. Next, we have sunflower seeds. Seeds that uh, seeds just have this unique capacity, right, to remind us that new creation, this life in Christ, is both here and it's still coming. So we just have to wait and watch. And nothing quite captures that joy of waiting than for a sunflower. Yes. So plant, wait, and find some joy. All right. Next, we have bubbles. Because it is impossible to not to like not feel joy when there are bubbles. I mean, am I right? Right? So if possible, please blow all of these bubbles today until they are gone. That is your task. Okay. And the next you will find some lotion. I invite you to feel the joy of your body today by embracing the pleasure your body provides. So here's some lotion to moisturize and care for your body. Uh, You are also commissioned to enjoy the pleasure of your body today, whether with your partner or on your own. That's right. Pleasure yourself and or your partner today. You heard that right. This is also what resurrection joy can look like in our bodies, folks, okay? Enjoy. Next, in your kit, you will find some chocolate. So friends, enjoy some joy of chocolate or find a suitable substitution if you are now lactose intolerant like I am. Uh, But enjoy the good and sacred thing of enjoying good and sacred things, including... Popcorn. I mean, man, this is food that comes into being through popping. Talk about joy, right? So observe this amazing phenomenon, then enjoy the salty goodness too. And then also, we have for you an assortment of jokes and puns and fun things, so enjoy some belly laughs with that. And then on that sheet of paper, there's also a very important QR code. This is going to take you to a collection of videos and things, including some stand-up comedy, and also a video that's like this somewhat documentary kind of thing about a song. Oh, I just kind of wanted to play that song as our Easter worship service. It's so good, just so on the nose for everything we've talked about in Lent. Um, and about joy. It's a song by Abigail and Sean Bengson called My Joy is Heavy. <sighs> Watch it today if you can. It's about 45 minutes. So good. All right, friends. So these are your Easter Sunday joy kits. Enjoy them and keep on exploring how you experience joy. All right. So now just to close everything, I want to make a final point by sharing a story from 1997 when my mom heard the coolest thing from God. You ready? All right. So my mom had been awake during the night, so she was reading a book and trying to get sleepy again, like you do, and right before she went back to sleep, she kind of shot out a prayer, threw out a prayer, kind of a question, and she just said, what is the meaning of life? You know, just like an easy question in the middle of the night. And my mom, so she asked this question, and then she saw in her field of vision this white banner with black lettering that stretched across about half of the room. And it answered her question, what is, what is the meaning of life? Do you want to guess what it said? Eat dessert first. 
No, actually, that's not what it said. I wish that's what it said. It actually kind of said that. So it said, God said, enjoy life. Help other people. Friends, the meaning of life, enjoy life. Help other people. And I share this because, I mean, it's, it's what I heard from God, too, in my basement a few weeks ago. God called me out on all the ways I too often don't enjoy my life. And I share it because there is so much pain and injustice and the need for us to rise up and be with those who are suffering right now, to love our neighbor, to give voice to the silenced, to own our complicity in racism and sexism and every other ism that is harming God's people, and to do something about it. We need to help other people, like full stop. And my goodness, friends, we do that here at Salt House. You are doing this, and we will keep doing it. But today, this Easter sermon was not about, it's not about avoiding all of that, but recognizing that this is work that we do in the midst of enjoying and savoring the good life we have been given to bear God's joy, even as we bear God's suffering, we witness to it all and are present to it all. Not because we muster up the strength to do it, but because Christ is risen. He is here and is already in those places of suffering and joy. So friends, feel it all. For it is all a part of this resurrected life in Jesus. Amen? Amen. We are redeemed into freedom and faith. We are restored. Our hearts have been changed. We are released.
must pay. 